Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chanko, and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. This episode is sponsored by PowerPlate, a company that offers whole body and targeted vibration training and therapy to help users prepare faster, perform better, and recover quicker. For many health clubs, personal training can be a really great source of ancillary revenue. However, today's club operators are facing challenges that they've never had to face before, including increasing competition from boutique training studios and online workouts. Today's conversation features Katie Allen, the fitness manager for American Family Fitness, and we talk about how clubs can overcome these challenges and build a really great personal training team. Enjoy. So obviously personal training is a really great opportunity for a lot of health clubs to increase their ancillary revenue. But I wanted to talk first about some of the challenges facing club operators today when it comes to personal training. Um, I know you've mentioned the emergence of boutique personal training studios into the marketplace has presented a challenge for some clubs. Can you just expand on why that is a challenge? Um, Yeah, definitely. I think we kind of are in a world now where there's lots of different options. So it's not just becoming a member at a gym and then having personal training as an add-on. Now we have lots of different types of options that include boutiques, like what you mentioned, uh, where you can do specialized personal training in a larger group setting. And to some, it can seem more affordable because they're in a larger group. So they pay a monthly fee and then get all unlimited access to the classes at that boutique. And so for, for a lot of people, that community is kind of becoming really appealing. And so they'll go to places like a Burn Boot Camp or an Orange Theory or There's lots of different options and they go and they become a member there and they get involved in the community there and they feel like that's a really good way to um, achieve their fitness goals. And that becomes the option that they choose rather than personal training as a part of their normal prior gym membership. What are some of the reasons why a member should go to a club to pursue personal training? What are the advantages to that? I feel like there's so many advantages. Um, The first would be that As a member of a health club facility, you're going to have access at any time, not just during a class time. So personal training or these group class options are great because they motivate you through a workout and they're, you know, the the solution for you for that day, but they're not necessarily your all-time solution. So there are times when you may want to just do cardio or there's times when you may want to do a lift or a workout that specific boutique doesn't offer. And you wouldn't have that access if you're not a member of a larger facility. At a club like ours, we have pool access. We have a kid zone that watches your kids and keeps them involved in activities as well. We have a sauna. We have racquetball courts. We have basketball courts. And none of those things are offered at boutique facilities. So I think they get a lot more options by becoming a member of a facility. And then using personal training as an add-on, that gives them training throughout the week. And then they can supplement that training schedule with all the other options that we have that are included within their membership. Well, and then another competing factor for health clubs is obviously online workout videos and FitSpo trainers and instructors who are providing instructional videos. What can clubs do to kind of, you know, counteract that? You know, that's a really tough one. Uh, It's funny. My office is kind of sits right in the middle of our training floor and it has glass windows, obviously. And I can see you know, every day I see people come up and look at their at their phone and pull up a video and then follow that video for their workout. And so I think that we have just become very accustomed to having everything that we need at the touch of our fingertips. And and so that is it's a big challenge. I think where health clubs can differentiate themselves with their personal trainers is by knowledge and education. 
most of the people that are putting up videos online are just your everyday person that's working out and they look good in their gym clothes and they have big muscles and so people will follow them and then they'll follow their workout training plans and they're not necessarily the best solution and they're not a personalized solution for that person. So as personal trainers in a health club setting, when people come to us, what they're going to get is they're going to get an educated, certified person who has all the knowledge that they need to safely and effectively, you know, train the person that they're in front of. And they will develop a very specialized program for that person. So whenever we meet with a client for the first time, we're going to take them through a number of different assessments to give us all of the baseline information we need to train that person effectively and to train them towards their specific goals. So what they're getting is not, you know, a generic build your booty workout that they can find online. It's how do we keep you safe? How do we create good movement patterns? How do we condition your body to perform the most effectively? Do you think it's important for clubs to seek to educate their members on the benefits of having a trainer that can provide personalized instruction? Oh, absolutely. I think um, I think it's one of the main priorities. You know, we do a lot of marketing with our trainers to get them out in front of our members and to find, you know, a lot of our trainers, we encourage them to have specialties. So if we can get them in front of our members doing a demo or a talk or, you know, something that differentiates them um, within their specialty and then lets them provide something specialized to the member, it, it makes a big difference. So the education piece is important. You never want to downplay somebody. I mean, the people who are doing this on Instagram or on Facebook or through YouTube, you know, they're doing a great job and they, you know, we want to continue to encourage people to be healthy and fit. So we don't want to discourage them from going online and looking at videos at all. But if we can provide a solution that will be better for them, more specific to them, then that will usually, you know, kind of really help us um, and help them in a better way. Yeah, makes sense. Well, can you talk to me a little bit about some of the things that American Family Fitness is doing right when it comes to personal training, some best practices that you feel the organization has? Sure. I, I really love and believe in American Family Fitness. I think that our club does a, a lot to promote personal training um, and a lot to really help our trainers take it to the next level. Anytime that we hire a trainer here, you know, I always tell my trainers that my goal is for them to be able to have and develop their own business if they were to ever leave here. So a big priority of ours is to train and teach them how to maintain a business, how to obtain clients, um, and how to effectively train them. So I think American Family is really invested in the success of their personal trainers. We invest in their education. So we provide for them through an organization called Club Connect, uh, which is through IdeaFit. We provide them with ongoing free continuing education uh, through a database website that has tons of different videos, presenters that have happened, you know, over the course of like the last decade, all of the presentations that would be up there, they can go on there and obtain CEU credit just at our computers alone. So they're doing ongoing education. We encourage them to do that. We provide that for them. And then we bring in presenters. So we like to bring people in to provide continuing education for our staff. Uh, we highly encourage that. And then our managers will provide continuing education as well on different topics that either our staff is interested in or that we feel would be valuable for them. And we believe strongly in them developing their own craft. So them becoming the best personal trainer they can be, not just the best personal training salesperson they can be. We really are invested in our clients getting the best out of their personal trainer and doing their sessions and seeing the best results. So for us, it's a high priority that our trainers become the best personal trainers that, that they could possibly be. And so investing in their education is, is definitely big for us. Onboarding them properly is big for us. A lot of times, you know, you may get hired at a, 
a different facility and they bring you on and they just kind of trial by fire, set you out there and go, okay, get some clients and start personal training. And we really don't uh, believe that that's the best practice. We think that spending time with any new trainer, whether they've trained before or whether they're brand new to training, spending time with them when we first hire them to educate them, to allow them to shadow the other trainers and get a good idea of kind of what's out there, ask a lot of questions, um, meet our members, you know, kind of ingrain them into our culture before we set them out there in front of members in a, you know, sales type situation. So we believe in in really taking a a more in-depth process to onboarding them. Every new hire that we get is brought on and taken through training with their manager and then training with the company as a whole. So the regional managers lead training for all the new hires. So everybody's kind of on the same page with what we offer. So we have consistency amongst all of our locations. I think that makes a big difference with what we're able to offer to clients and the consistency in what we're saying, the consistency of our brand, even when trainers have their own specialties and might do training a little bit differently. Yeah, concerning sales training, um, obviously a lot of personal trainers don't necessarily have a background in sales. So what are the things that you guys are doing to build that skill up in your trainers? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question because most of us became trainers because we were passionate about fitness and about helping people get healthy and fit and not necessarily passionate about sales. I don't know that most of us would ever have considered sales as a part of our career path when we decided to become personal trainers. So I would say 90% of the trainers that I hire have no sales skills whatsoever. And that's a, it's a development piece. You know, it's something that we spend time with. Anytime I hire a new trainer, I sit down with them and spend lots of time with them developing their ability to, to talk and engage with a member. I always tell them not to think of it as sales because as soon as they do, they get nervous, they get uptight, they start talking loud and (laughs) saying weird things and that's never what you want them to do. Really what we want is for them to have a conversation with a member that just identifies, you know, what are you here for? What, what can I help you with the most? And then provide them with that solution. And I think once you break down that barrier to where they feel like it's a sales process and make it more like a conversation that they would have with their friend or their mom or their sister, you know, who comes to them and says, hey, I'm really looking to lose weight and tone up and I don't know where to start. What would you say to them? And once they can have that conversation and do it well, then they can sit in front of any client that's going to come to them and, and be able to provide them with a solution. And really that's all the sales process is, is sitting down with them and kind of understanding their needs, listening, listening is key. And I think a lot of times we want to talk, we want to show our knowledge. And if they can just sit back and listen and ask good questions, then they're going to get to the root of why that person is there. And then once they know that they can motivate them and provide them with a solution for whatever that goal is. And then the second piece of that is kind of what I was talking about before. It's, it's knowing their craft. So if I am going to, you know, sit down with you and talk to you about training, I need to know what I'm going to offer you. And it's different for every person, but it's going to have a lot of commonalities because I, as a coach, should have my own type of training style. I should have a method that I use for most people that gets tweaked as we go along. And so the better that I know and am confident in my training ability and can kind of you know, wrap it up in a nice little package and put a bow on it for a member that I'm talking to, the more likely they are to want to invest in it. So I can't just say obscure, you know, buzzwords like, you know, lose weight and get fit and get toned and you'll build muscle and have that translate to them into something that makes sense um, and that they want to invest in. But if I can really detail out, this is what we will do. This is what it will look like over time. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. It's going to help them to understand my role in their success and really know that they need me in order to be successful. And then you guys are really big on setting specific measurable goals for your trainers as well, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We set, gosh, I feel like we goal set all the time. We set goals as a team. Um, so I, my team right now in, in my, my own club is, yeah, I've got 24 trainers right now. So 24 trainers on staff and we do a monthly meeting and we set annual goals and then we set monthly goals for the trainers and they are involved in that whole process. So as a team, we set up our goals for the entire year of three to four things that we want to accomplish as a team. And most of the time it will include some sort of a revenue goal, some sort of an educational goal, and then some extra goal. Like this year, um, our, our third goal is to create three passion projects throughout the course of the year that my trainers do to outreach to our community, to show off their specialized skill sets, just to get more people involved in fitness in general. You know, that's a goal that we set up that we can measure. We can say at the end of the year, did we achieve this? You know, did we do these projects that we had talked about doing? And then, you know, of course, we have a revenue goal for the year, and then we have what we want to achieve education-wise for each trainer. And so those get set up at the beginning of the year. And then they get mentioned, of course, throughout our monthly meeting. And then we have monthly revenue goals for our team. So our team knows every single month what we need to hit revenue-wise and what they need to hit individually. And then every single month I meet with them individually, each trainer. We spend a 30-minute time talking about all their clients, kind of where they're at with their business, how many sessions they're training right now, how many is their goal to be training. And then we set up a plan for the month that includes prospecting, includes time on the floor, it includes their education, and then includes, you know, renewals for the current members that they have or how to make those members more successful. So we're really invested in having and setting up goals that make sense for the trainers and goals that make sense for our team because it's really the only way that we can keep them on track otherwise we're just kind of all out there you know trying to get business but not really understanding if we were successful at the end of the month yeah and then you guys are also really big on showing appreciation and recognition for your training staff as well correct oh yeah definitely that's something that i believe a lot in um i always say that you have to hire wisely and then treat kindly Hire wisely means find people that are going to work really hard. They may not be the most educated, but they need to be very, very passionate about what they do. Um, And they need to be willing to take chances and to try things. And, you know, if they're willing to do those things, then we can pretty much teach them anything and make them, you know, successful over time. Some people have a shorter path and others have a longer path. But if they're willing to try and get out there, then we we can help them. And then as they go, the treat kindly part means, that what they need most from us is for us to build their confidence. Personal training can kind of be rough sometimes. You know, you're spending hour after hour one-on-one with clients who, you know, will will definitely talk to you about their problems. They can be kind of draining sometimes, even though it is, you know, the best thing that we can be doing for them. Um, So that can get draining, but also the sales part of it can get kind of rough. You know, sales in a, in a club like ours, you're going to, if, even if you're doing really well, you're going to hear no 50% of the time. And so what we can do for our trainers is to, when they're hearing that, to be the sounding board, to be the confidence builder that, you know, that's okay and we're going to get the next one and we're still going to provide great service for that member, even if they haven't become our client. And then when they are hitting goals and when they are doing the sales the way that we're looking for them to do, to really publicly celebrate that. So at the end of each month, we have a monthly meeting and I'll, I'll give out gift cards to the trainers that have exceeded, you know, expectations for that month. Or I send weekly updates that goes out not only to my personal training staff, but to our general manager, to our regional managers, and to even the owner of the company. And we'll say, you know, so-and-so hit goal or so-and-so had a big, you know, sale this week or whatever it is, um, or that their client was really successful in whatever they did. And we celebrate that as a team. And what I like about American Family is that we have upper management and owners that are really invested in us 
celebrating, you know, the, the success of our trainers. And so they'll get on board, they'll hop on that email and say, Hey, great job. That's awesome. And so everybody feels very supported um, within our culture. And, and, you know, that goes a long way. I think people feel the most comfortable in their jobs when they feel valued. And if we don't recognize their success, then they, they don't feel valued. And so finding ways to celebrate that success for your team, you know, whether it's a team outing or just some, you know, a lunch, you know, within your club sometimes for your team or whether it's um, individual celebrations, you know, we'll do little competitions and I'll, I'll tell them that whoever does, you know, services the most sessions by the end of the month will get a new pair of shoes or something. And we just, you know, something that is small, but allows them to feel like they're, you know, really appreciated and their success is recognized. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. I mean, because we know in all careers and in all industries, career and job burnout is a serious issue. And I could see that being a problem in the fitness industry in particular with trainers and instructors because it is so intense and they have to be so plugged in. So, I, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And now we'll take a short break to hear a message from our sponsors. PowerPlate is the company that helps users prepare faster, perform better, and recover quicker. PowerPlate's whole body and targeted vibration training delivers accelerated health, fitness, and wellness results, whatever the fitness level or training style. Use code URSA20 to enjoy 20% off all products and accessories, plus free shipping for a limited time only. See PowerPlate.com for further details. Well, let's talk a little bit about personal training technologies. I know you mentioned Club Connect, but then you guys also, you know, use heart rate tracking technologies. Yeah, just speak to me a little bit about maybe let's start with MyZone. What role has heart rate training played in your personal training department's success? So one of the things that we started a, about a year and a half ago was a group training program called Fusion. Um, and so that was kind of our way of combating what we talked about earlier with the boutique studio personal trainings that were popping up we wanted to kind of make our own studio within the the big club that we have. So we created a program called Fusion, which is a team training program. And by team training, I mean, it's a large group setting where, where multiple people are being trained at once by a personal trainer. And we can have up to 25 in a class uh, with what we do right now. And we have a big studio that's set aside for it. And within that studio, we utilize uh, MyZone heart rate technology. And so every member that joins that program is encouraged to purchase a MyZone heart rate monitor we have two giant TV screens within the studio. Um, and so as soon as they pop that heart rate monitor on there, they have a tile that comes up on the screen, which shows them and, and shows the instructor, you know, where's our heart rate right now? And, and the color, it uses the color to kind of identify a, a specific zone. So the color will change as their heart rate increases throughout the course of the workout. So they'll start out in like a gray zone and then they move through blue and then green and then yellow. And then of course, red is their, you know, highest heart rate zone. So all the members within that program will wear that heart rate monitor. And then as we coach through the class, it really helps us to coach to what they should be feeling within their body. And then we get that feedback with the monitor to see whether they're working hard enough or whether they need to push it a little more. So you know who you can kind of pick out and coach up a little more. They know by looking at the screen whether they might be able to work a little bit harder. And then at the end of the workout, what it does is uploads all that information into what I would say to picture kind of like a Facebook feed. So it'll say, you know, Katie Allen finished her workout today and she achieved this many effort points, um, which is the MyZone way of calculating to make it all equal, calculating kind of the effort that you've given throughout the course of that workout um, so that we're not just comparing based on calories burned or heart rate because everyone's a little different in that regard. So MyZone does a good job of creating something that's a simple comparison for all people. 
and so it shoots it up into into a feed and then um, everyone that's got that heart rate monitor is linked up within our club and they're all given access to that same app kind of web page and then we can all see what everyone has done for the week we can create competitions around it so we can say you know let's shoot for a certain amount of MEPs by the end of the month and then we can track through because we get to see everybody's workouts kind of pop up into that feed so it does kind of create that it not only gives us the scientific measure of you know how hard we're working and um, what zones we're in and if someone needs to back back down during their workout and take it a little easier or maybe increase a little bit but then it also creates community whereas people are trying to kind of compete against each other or encouraging each other after workouts and we've found it to really be a unifying thing especially within the community that's doing that fusion program as far as really helping them to to kind of connect with each other and then really know their bodies a little bit more and create measurable results for them that are kind of outside of your normal how much muscle did I build and how much weight did I lose so it's become a really good tool for us and something that I think eventually we'll look to utilize club-wide as we you know kind of grow it's probably nice to have that other layer of accountability as well oh absolutely it really it really is helpful you know and as we go through classes sometimes we have members who really want to go hard, hard, hard all the time. And the class that they're in is designed to be maybe a more muscle boning class. So it would really help them to be in more of a, um, a mild heart rate zone as opposed to an, an excessive heart rate zone. And so if we see that, then we can kind of encourage them to back down the intensity and to focus on something different. So the feedback for the coach is just as valuable as the feedback for that specific member. Yeah. And then what about trainer eyes? How are you guys <laughs> using that technology? So that is not something that's used company-wide for us, but definitely something that's used on a case-by-case -case basis by trainer. And so the way that we've utilized that is to be able to provide a more robust program for a specific client. So a lot of times when people were coming to us, they would sign up for, let's say, two times a week or three times a week. But our goal would be for them to work out four or five times a week. And so there's these extra days where we would be assigning homework or giving them some sort of, you know, a recommendation. And with trainer eyes, what we can do is we can actually spend and monitor their programs through them. So I can, you know, send workouts full with video pictures and um, descriptions of the exercise and what they should be feeling and, and send them a workout through an app that allows them to have what I would recommend for them, but a much more detailed version of that than if I had just written it down on, you know, on a card for them or or send them an email with instructions just it's kind of a one-stop shop which allows us to communicate ongoing with our members and provide programming for them as we go through and that's really for us a supplement to what we've been doing with our personal training and some people will come to us and they don't need you necessarily the one-on-one the -on -one coaching they're pretty fit and they're already kind of with it as far as their exercise program but they want something that's more of a detailed program that someone else has written for them so this allows us to maybe give them that option through Trainerize and write a program for them as opposed to, again, just like writing it down or having to be with them in a session. It gives us another option for that. And then what about on the operations side when you're managing the personal training department? Are there any technologies that you found beneficial? I mean, definitely just our, our normal club software that we use that helps me to, you know, look at their schedulers, see, see what agreements they've signed, see what sessions they have, you know, run reports on kind of their activity throughout the course of the week. I think that's been really beneficial, you know, and I'm sure that most clubs would have some sort of software that's allowing them to do that right now. I think all of the technology in the world won't replace just general accountability that you can provide for your trainers. So once you have those reports, it's really a matter of what you do with them and the conversations that you have with your trainers. You know, I really believe like we were talking about earlier, in, in public praising of people in their efforts and supporting them 
And then I believe in really private conversations about stuff that needs to improve and then giving them detailed help on how to improve that and chances to improve that. So I think where a lot of that management software piece comes in is being able to get the information you need because you're not on the floor all day, every day to see how successful your trainers are, but getting a good quantifiable amount of, you know, what they're doing throughout the course of their week and then finding ways to have that conversation with them about what they can improve on and then giving them good steps to, to improve on it. And I think if you say on top of that, both kind of the, the support piece and the celebration piece and, and the really building them up piece and then those you know, once you see something that is, is not where you want it to be, then having that conversation immediately and trying to redirect and get people back on track um, is really helpful. And if you can do both of those pieces well as a manager, then your, your training staff will function really well and will feel very supported. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, the education that you guys require for your personal trainers. Um, obviously, years ago, you know, you didn't necessarily need a certification to be a trainer, but that has changed. What level of education do you require for any trainer that comes on board? So at a minimum, they need to be certified for personal training through a nationally accredited certification board. Um, so the only way in which we're able to hire a personal trainer without a certification would be if they had a college degree in something like exercise science or kinesiology, and then we could bring them on board, but we require them to become certified within a really short amount of time so that we can allow them to start training and working with clients. But anyone that's working with a client will definitely be required to have that personal training certification. We also require that they have, of course, CPR and AED certifications first aid just to make sure that if anything were to happen, um, and we require that actually of all of the staff within our club and provide that education for them. So something that we offer on a monthly basis. But baseline would be to be CPT certified um, in some degree. And then there's varying levels of certifications. You know, some require a lot less time and investment to become certified and then some require more. So as people come into our system, they can come in with any of those certifications as long as it's nationally accredited. And then what we will ask is that over time that maybe they kind of increase their certification level or add on a secondary certification to provide them with just more education as they go through. And so we highly encourage that we actually offer a reimbursement for a secondary certification one time for every single trainer that we hire. So if they want to go outside the company and get some sort of a, you know, a specialized certification, we will pay for that and reimburse them, you know, over time once they, once they achieve that. So I feel like we, we do a lot to kind of promote the education and to require minimum standards of the trainers that we hire. Um, we actually do also work with a company called NCEP, which is National College of Exercise Professionals. And pretty much every quarter, we will offer a certifying course um, that gets advertised throughout all of our clubs to members and then in the community as well to anyone who wants to become a personal trainer. And so we can provide them with that certification um, if they come to that course and do, you know, and pass our exam at the end. Yeah, you mentioned that as a manager, it's important to build a diverse staff of highly knowledgeable, highly passionate trainers and work hard to make them a team. Can you just expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I think coming back to, you know, the hire wisely piece, you know, hiring wisely isn't just finding, you know, the most educated person that you can find. I think a lot of times what we get as far as applicants are lots of diversity amongst our staff. And I think as a, as a brand new manager, you know, years and years and years ago, I would just look for the people with the most education. And so I think sometimes it would hamstring me and my ability to, to find really good personable staff because the highest educated people aren't necessarily always the ones that can work a floor very well and, you know, talk to your members and engage. And so I think over time what I've learned is that 
sometimes you may get a brand new trainer, sometimes you may get a very experienced or a very educated trainer. And what you need to evaluate as you're hiring is what does our team need right now? What, what does our club need? How can I best suit the needs of our members? You know, sometimes, to be honest with you, specializations play a big role. So we may have, you know, on our team right now, we have trainers that specialize in bodybuilding, we have trainers that specialize in recovery, trainers who specialize in rehabilitation, weight loss specialists. But let's say maybe we need someone who specializes in powerlifting because we have a powerlifting population kind of coming into, into play in our club. And so I might look to hire somebody with that specialty. Sometimes you need somebody that maybe speaks Spanish or can provide something for your members that you, you find is a need within your club. And so, you know, really being diverse about what you hire in the sense of finding good people that have separate specialties and interests and personalities that can really accent your team well and create a really good collective group. If you just look for the people who are just like you, then you get a team full of people that can only really meet the needs of a certain small niche. And so you need to be really buried in what you're looking for. And don't don't be a hiring snob like I was when I, when I first started and be open. You have a good mindset about it because it does make a big difference. And, and like I was saying earlier, if you can find someone that is super, super passionate and eager to learn and willing to do what it takes, you can teach them and you can train them to be really good. Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, what's a common mistake you see personal trainers making? As it relates to what? Like what in general? Well, possibly selling. Uh, let's, let's start with selling a, a package. Selling personal training? Yeah. So uh, I think there's a bunch of things, especially especially when you hire newer trainers. The first would be that they pre-anticipate what a person can afford or that they consider what they're charging to be expensive uh, because maybe it's expensive for them. And so they don't make a recommendation based on what the person actually needs. They make a recommendation based on what they pre-perceive as their ability to purchase. And so I work a lot with our trainers on Again, sitting down with that person, coming up with what are their goals, what is their motivating factor, and then what is the timeline for that goal, and what would it take for them to achieve that goal. And whatever you find that to be, whatever the best case scenario is for that person, that needs to be what you recommend, even if it becomes a very expensive personal training package. Because ultimately, what you're giving them is kind of a prescription for their success. And in the same way that a doctor wouldn't say, you know, I would, I would recommend you take these 30 pills, but you could take just 20 or maybe you could take five. You know, they don't do that. They don't waver on what that prescription is because it's truly what that patient needs. And you really need to treat your sales process the same way. And it doesn't mean not to be accommodating, but at least it means to start where the person needs, you know, the most help and recommend what is, truly going to be the most beneficial for them. So I think a lot of trainers really hesitate on that and hedge when they give recommendations for people because they're anticipating the person is going to say no. So I think that would, that would be a really big one for me to start. And then the second one is just visibility. I think that the more that trainers can become visible on the floor, the more that they can, not only within their sessions, but outside of their sessions, be available to members. Um, and that includes their own time when they're working out. You know, I always tell my trainers, I don't want you in a hoodie with your hood up and, you know, big old headphones on, completely closed off to your surrounding world, even if you're off the clock, because you're sending a message to people and they're watching you all the time. And so really keep in mind that people might ask you a question, they might stop, they might engage with you if you are open to that engagement. And being open to that all the time is very, very important for them, you know, if they're looking to build their business they're not looking to build their business, then they're okay to wear that hoodie and, and put the headphones in. But if they are looking to grow, then we need to be available to members and 
and kind of have that open open line of communication if they they want to come up to you we don't need to be intimidating to our members they're already afraid of us enough yeah well i think we touched on a lot of great stuff do you have any final pieces of advice for either personal trainers or personal training managers I would definitely say for personal trainers, know your craft. That's like a really, really big thing for me. If you can't adequately in like a minute or so describe what your programming methods are and what your passion is and how you like to affect people for positive change, then you need to work on that. And most of that will come through education. So if you don't have a real good idea of what you're doing or how to describe it to somebody, then become more educated, put your nose in a book and just really learn because it will help you so much with the sales process. And then for training managers, support your staff. Remember that this job can be hard sometimes and the stuff that we're asking of them sometimes is outside of their comfort zone. So the more you can celebrate their wins publicly and the more you can get your team celebrating wins, I mean, it will make such a big difference in your overall success. Your numbers will increase simply because you're recognizing the, the hard work and efforts of your training staff. Yeah. And just and remember the accountability piece, you know, that it should be short and sweet, but it will go a very long way. And if they know that you're supporting them every other time when you have to have that tough conversation, then they, you know, it will go over a lot better. Well, awesome. Um, Katie, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and share your insights with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's fun. In summary, from the conversation with Katie, Because clubs are facing increasing competition from boutique training studios and online workouts, it's really important to educate your membership base on the benefits to training with a fitness professional in a club setting. Additionally, specializations can be a really great way for your trainers to stand out. In fact, it's important to have a well-rounded training team that has varied specialties and comes from different backgrounds. Lastly, personal training can be extremely draining. Trainers hear a lot of no's when it comes to selling personal training packages, and the job can be very emotionally and physically taxing. Therefore, it's important to celebrate your trainers publicly and provide plenty of encouragement and praise for a job well done. Thanks for listening.